The first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Over humanity! The fires of frustration and discord are burning. And Let us not forget for a moment the toils and efforts that lie ahead. They say that those who forget their history are condemned to repeat it. This is the History Lessons Podcast with certified financial planning practitioner Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor and your guide to financial wisdom in the past, present, and future. You ready? Good. Let's get historical. Historical? Oh, yeah. This is the History Lessons Podcast for the week of January the 8th, 2024. I'm Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor. And if you're a modern investor seeking some historical perspective these days, well, you're in the right place. This week, we'll be talking about data hangovers, Churchillian destiny, and my broken crystal ball. But first, the news. You know, after last week's New Year's Eve soiree, the party seems to be winding down just a bit. Recent economic indicators mirror the morning after reflection of a night out, mixed signals, surprises, and an occasional sense of regret. The ISM non-manufacturing index, uh, the service sector, expanded in December, but at a notably slower pace, 50.6 versus the expected 52.5, and trending toward contraction while not quite there yet. Remember, 50 is the line for contraction. Only half of the major industries reported growth, primarily due to a decline in the new orders index. Like feeling the effects after a wild night, the service sector shows signs of slowing down and feeling a bit of pain. The ISM manufacturing index, the manufacturing sector, contracted for the 14th consecutive month, registering a 47.4, marking a challenging year for US manufacturing. Uh, The long streak of contraction in manufacturing resembles a prolonged hangover a persistent reminder of the end of the good times that no aspirin is going to fix. Non-farm payrolls, well, they increased by 216,000 in December, beating expectations. However, downward revisions subtracted 71,000 jobs from previous reports, bringing the net gain to 145,000. The recovering seems promising initially, but upon closer inspection, there's a delayed effect. Initial enthusiasm is fading with these revised figures. And this is much like waking up and feeling fine, only to have your head pounding after breakfast. Remember that the pain of a hangover is temporary and is part of the healing process and hopefully making better decisions in the future. That applies to the economy too. Hey, cheers to that. Next up, we'll charge the Wayback Machine and head back in time for this week's history lesson. But first, this word. Interest rates are rising, and your annuity, purchased in the last decade, might not be keeping up, which means your financial plan may be falling behind. So if you own a deferred annuity, fixed, indexed, or variable worth more than $250,000, now is the time to review it and make sure it is doing all that it can for you and your financial plan. Let us help you keep your retirement on track. Introducing Victory Independent Planning. VIP turns complex financial matters into clear and confident solutions. So you can relax and enjoy retirement whenever it arrives. Get the annuity review kit now. This complimentary kit includes 
a variety of checklists, resources, and ebooks to review the fees, features, and flexibility, or lack thereof, in your current annuity contract. It will even help you assess your overall investment goals and the people who are offering you advice. Get the kit today, because you can't teach an old annuity new tricks. To learn how VIP can help you review your annuity, click on the link in the show notes or go to victoryindependentplanning.com. That's victoryindependentplanning.com. Sign up for peace of mind today. Alexa, charge the Wayback Machine and set it for 1916 AD. Charging Wayback Machine. On January 9th, 1916, the Battle of Gallipoli concluded after eight and a half months. A naval bombardment, amphibious landing, and months-long siege failed to dislodge troops of the Ottoman Empire from the peninsula at Gallipoli. Meant as an alternative line of battle to break the deadlock on the Western Front in Europe, the invasion turned into a grinding stalemate of its own. First Lord of the Admiralty Winston Churchill continued to commit forces when it was clear the objective wasn't reachable. He was driven by his emotions and his passions, and he often went against the advice of his chiefs of staff, committing more and more assets and lives to what was ultimately an unwinnable cause. This is the fallacy of sunk costs. Just because you've committed heavily to a project or a company does not mean that abandoning it altogether might not be the prudent course. The sunk cost fallacy means sticking with something just because you've already invested time and money in it, even if it's not working. Remember, what's done is done. Make decisions based on what's best now. Also, it's the new year, and the airwaves and the internet are awash with pundits making their annual predictions, prognostications, and guesses. Advisors, financial and otherwise, exist to tame our passions and provide rational guidance to preserve our assets. They do not exist to make mystical consultations of crystal balls and predict yearly outcomes, as many are doing as the calendar flips to January. As Churchill himself once said, it is a mistake to try to look too far ahead. The chain of destiny can only be grasped one link at a time. Wayback machine disengaged. Returning to the year 2024. And finally this week, it's on to the mailbag. You've got mail. This week's question of the week was, whoa, what just happened? Can you please summarize 2023 and how it's going to influence next year? Sure. Let's take a look at some of the charts that we think are important. Uh, first one's total federal debt. If you are out there and you're looking at your current tax situation and you're thinking, I wonder which way tax policy is going to go in the future. I wonder if taxes will go up or if they'll go down. Uh, well, I think we can probably say with some degree of certainty that taxes are not going to go down from where they are. Uh, with the amount of federal debt that has uh, accrued, or especially over the last few years, uh, you can see a big jump up uh, during the COVID years. Um, it's going to take uh, something in order to pay that debt off uh, eventually. Also, what happened to inflation in 2023? Why did we see so much uh, on the inflationary cycle last year? Well, you can look at the velocity of money. That's what this chart is taking a look at. And it's showing you how big uh, that velocity of money jumped up 
in the COVID years. Yeah, it was increasing before, uh, but this is a massive increase uh, in this area in uh, velocity of money, um, where you had not only the uh, Federal Reserve uh, printing or creating money, but you had government spending it hand over fist to try to prop up the economy. Um, this, believe it or not, this little area right here is one of the biggest declines in the velocity of money uh, since the Great Depression. Uh, so this is the reason right in here why we got uh, from almost 10% inflation back down to about three and change, okay? However, I would you know point out to you that this is still a lot of money sloshing around in the system that otherwise would not have been there. So despite this change in the velocity of money, which is a good sign and has, again, got us back down to 3%, there's still a lot out there uh, that is going to have to be worked off for us to, to uh, get back to what the Fed would consider a normal rate of inflation. All right. So some of the summary charts on what we saw from the markets last year. Uh, I put this one up on my website all the time. Uh, if you get a chance to go on, it's uh, part of our weekly uh, series that we send out as well. There's a link to it. And really, it's meant to show you four things, uh, four types of investors and how they're faring over a, a certain period. Okay. And in 2023, these types of investors were aggressive, marked by the S&P 500, and that's the green line. The blue line is your moderate investor, and that is uh, AOM is a ticker that is a, a moderately uh, allocated index. So that could be like your, your typical 60-40 investor out there who has 60% stock and 40% bonds, uh, like uh, you know a lot of the uh, Vanguard products or other balanced funds do. AOK is your conservative fund. So that's going to be more like 60% bonds and 40% stocks. And then you've got AGG, which is the US aggregate bond fund. So you can see a pretty big disparity there for 2023. Stocks, if you're looking at the S&P 500, up 26%. Your average moderate investor up 12 Your average conservative investor up 11 and your average bond investor up five and a half. Why that disparity? Well, we talked a lot about it towards the end of the year. And here it is again in a, in a graphic format. Uh, so if you look at this orange line for 2023, this is FNGS, okay? So this is your Facebooks, your NVIDIAs, your Googles, your Salesforces, your very big tech names all in one ticker, okay? So this is an exchange-traded fund that follows those biggest tech names. And you can see last year, if you had put all your money into FNGS, you'd be up 95.2% for the year. That's massive. That's a massive one-year move, okay? And a lot of that is what has helped drag the S&P 500, which again here is in green, upwards, now, if we take the S&P 500 and we just look at the average stock there, S&P 500 is a little bit difficult sometimes to understand because it is weighted by capitalization. So the biggest companies, the ones with the biggest market capitalization uh, have the most weighting and therefore have the most influence over that index. And you can see it here. These companies drag the S&P 500 upwards. Whereas the average stock, which is measured down here, 
with a ticker called RSP. And this is an equally weighted S&P 500 index. So the equally weighted index was only up 13%, whereas the S&P was up 26. And you can see as, as recently as November, as recently as November, it was negative for the year. Okay, it only made that 13.7% move really in the last two months of the year. So the average stock last year in 2023 actually had a fairly difficult run uh, right up until the end. And now, you know, the two-year summary looking at some of those same allocation funds, uh, the S&P 500, if you go back, instead of looking at it over last year when it was up 26%, and you look at it over the last two years, it's only up 3.2%. Meanwhile, your average moderate investor is still negative for the last two years. Your average conservative investor is negative for the last two years. And your average bond investor is negative for the last two years. It has not been a great time to be a conservative investor, at least over the last two years. All right. Uh, that's 2023 in a nutshell. Uh, what is on deck for 2024? Do we really know what's what's going to happen in 2024? No, uh, but what we do know is that the market doesn't obey the calendar year. Uh, the calendar year means absolutely nothing to, to stocks and bonds. It's an artificial stopping point for a, a lot of people. What we do know is that a lot of the trends that started in 2023 are going to continue on into 2024. 2023 was kind of the year of the Fed and inflation. So my suspicion is that early 2024 will be that as well. A lot of the talk lately has been that inflation is conquered, uh, that it's uh, it, it's all in the rearview mirror, and that the Fed is on track to uh, conquer inflation and move on with cutting rates potentially sometime this year. Well, the authors of, of one study, which is called, uh, interestingly enough, History Lessons, How Transitory Is Inflation? Uh, no relation to history lessons for the modern investor. But they analyzed the behavior of inflation across 14 developed nations when rates surged past various thresholds, and then studied how long it took uh, or how long inflation lingered in those various scenarios. Well, when inflation reached a 4% level, the lowest quintile or the lowest one-fifth of outcomes took less than three years to get back to 2%. That's what the Fed is counting on right now. They're counting on the lowest probability outcome from this study. Um, and in actuality, the median reversion to 2% took eight years. So if we think that the inflation story is over and that it was only a 2023 thing, uh, I, I think we're here to tell you that, that things are going to continue to be uh, challenging uh, from that perspective. So plan on still seeing inflation as being an issue in 2024. Also, the economy still think we'll probably see some type of mild recession in, in 2024. U.S. credit card delinquencies are rising. We've got a record high share of consumers saying it's much harder to obtain credit right now. Personal spending is cooling. Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings are rising. Bank lending is declining rapidly. Employment growth is slowing. On and on and on and on. Um, these things are normal. They're part of the progression of a normal economy, but uh, it's certainly a, a challenge right now. And, and that's what people wanted. They wanted uh, to slow the economy down. We're certainly getting that. 
So the economy will continue slowing. Inflation will remain sticky. Rates will remain high. Uh, returns may be muted in such an environment, but it's a great time to be a conservative investor. And I know people out there say, wait, what? Here's why. Since 2010, a three-month U.S. Treasury bill paid you basically nothing. And now it pays you 5.2%. So just about zero risk to your portfolio. You can be picking up 5.2% annualized. I believe that this is a renaissance uh, for conservative investors. I believe it's the best time since I've been in the business to be on the conservative side of things. Does that mean that growth investors are stuck? No, I just think that uh, the conservative folks are going to be able to get what they need uh, with a lot less risk, a lot easier in 2024. Well, my fellow historians, that is all for this week. Check out my book, History Lessons for the Modern Investor. That's available still on Amazon.com. And be sure to do all the social stuff like this episode. Follow us wherever you see or hear your podcasts. We're available on Substack. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Until next week, when we'll take another rollicking romp through the past and make an investment in your future with history lessons for the modern investor. See you next week. <laughs>